Father God, we give you praise, we give you glory, and we thank you, and we say bless this word now in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. Children's church in the back. Adults, you can go, but I'd prefer you stay. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Philemon, the book of Philemon. Now, I call it Philemon. Some call it Philemon. Put the long E in there, don't they, Sherry? And so Sherry says, Pastor, you say that wrong. And it is Philemon, but because she corrected me, it's Philemon. But it definitely is not Philemon. Okay but you can say Philemon if you want to. I always get caught up with that Habakkuk. That's a hard one. Why do they have names like that? Why didn't they have Larry and David? You know. Mo and Curly. You know. Philemon, we're going to go over there. And I was driving home yesterday. I I had a funeral in Huntsville, Alabama, one of our ministers had passed away, and uh, Leon McMurray, and they're going to be watching this program this morning, uh, just a good man of God, and had uh, been offended in the church, uh, and quit church, he, he had been a preacher, and had been offended in the church, and so he got out of the church. And then when we was in the church in South End, he started coming to that church with Mark Linder. Mark Linder was his brother-in-law. And he rededicated his life to the Lord and came back into the church and totally gave his life over the last 25 years to Jesus. And it's an amazing thing that what he did, and he had forgiven all of those who had brought him pain. He had forgiven all of those who had done something to him. And it it was an amazing thing. And their church uh, does the contemporary worship uh, even more extreme than most because they have young uh, people there, uh, a younger church and and uh, he plays the bass guitar a really good musician um, and the last song that uh, they had at the funeral was a video of him singing oh how I love Jesus he had rededicated his life and he had fallen in love with the Lord and what he had done was that he had left his gift at the altar And he went back and he made it as right with everybody as he could. And I remember Richard Koss last week speaking about leave your gift at the altar. And it was an amazing thing. And he he died in peace. And God showed me some things. He showed me some things that I needed to see. And I'm 72 years old and still learning every day. Still seeing the word new every day and fresh as if I've never read it before. 
And yeah, I get a little bit critical with God, like, you know, you could have shown me this when I was younger, and I would have looked a little bit smarter, you know, but yeah, you know, but God shows you things in every walk of your life. And this life is fleeting, it's not very long, and in the last two weeks, me and my wife have been to five funerals. I went to one funeral of a friend of mine out of Elwood that I do not know whether he was saved or not. I know that he came to this church for a while, but I never seen him give his heart to the Lord and passed away. And my heart was heavy when I, when I went to see him. And I told my wife, I said, I really don't want to see him laying in the casket. And because uh, he was just a good friend. And so when we got there, the casket was closed. And I was glad of that. I didn't want to see him laying there because I didn't know what he, I didn't, I don't know where he went, you know. But yesterday when I went to the funeral with Leon McMurray, I was so much in peace because I knew that he was home with the Lord. So in the book of Philemon, this is a good story. It's a story about a runaway slave. And he had stole some money from his master. And his master's name was Onesimus. I mean, uh, Philemon, I'm sorry. Onesimus was the runaway slave, and Philemon was the master. And, o and Onesimus had stole some money. And he got picked up and put in jail. And he runs into a man named Paul the Apostle. Paul's whole life is about winning people to the Lord at any cost. The Lord showed me something yesterday. And here's what he showed me. And uh, if, if you could bring it up, John, I'd like for you to bring up John 11, verse 25. John 11, verse 25. They're, they're up there working this thing, and so if, if, if things go wrong, they just go wrong. We good with that? Okay. So I'm hoping this is, is John, is this out of the King James? Yes, it is. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now that word right there, life, Jesus said, I am the resurrection of life. Now, now if you keep that up there, I'd appreciate it, just for a little while. And so, so what happens is, is that Lazarus has passed away. And they sent word to Lazarus, I mean, they sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. And they said, man, we better get to Bethany. And, and, and Jesus said, no, we're not going to go. And then on the fourth day, well, anyway, Jesus said, now, now we're going to go see Lazarus. And uh, Lazarus, he says to the disciples, he said, Lazarus is asleep. And they, Lazarus, what do you mean? He said, Lazarus died. Lazarus died. Okay, so, so he gets there. And, and Martha does something. Martha comes up to me, comes up to Jesus, 
And she says to Jesus, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. How many times have we said that to the Lord? How many times have we said that to the Lord? And but Jesus, listen, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he's going to live again. She said, now when he says to take that stone away, she said, do you understand that he's been dead four days? Now, the Jewish people believed that there would be a Messiah. And they believed that Messiah would die and raise himself up again in three days. But they believed after the fourth day that the body was so decayed that no one could raise him up. So they're all the time looking for the Messiah. Now, Messiah's here, and I want you to put that back up. And Jesus said to her, look, Messiah is here. I am the resurrection and the life. That word life right there is Zoe, and I'm going to show you what Zoe is. Zoe life is in the spirit and in the soul expressing all of the highest and the best which Christ is and which he gives to his saints. And listen, it's the highest blessing of creation or the creature. Now listen to what he's saying. He's saying, he said, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And she's going to say, yeah, I know he's going to be raised up in the resurrection. He says, you don't get it. I am life. I am resurrection. It is me. And so when you see that when he says, and he that believeth in me shall he live, that word right there, live, is, is different than zoe. It is Z-O, it's Z-A-O, zoe. Now listen to what it means. It means Spiritually, together, forever, under the guidance of God constantly. And to live with him in blessing. Now here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, he's saying the greatest thing that's going to happen to you is that you pass from this life into me. And they are going to plant you in the ground like a seed and you are going to be raised up in blessing like never before. That's why Paul was able to say this. Now listen to what Paul was able to say. Paul was able to say, listen, I am caught between heaven and earth. He said, it is time for me to be planted so that I can go be with the Lord. But he said, for your sake, I'm going to stick around for a little while. He said, but not for my sake. He said, because if it's for my sake, he said, I want to go home. That's what he said. Because he understood that this life was not his home and he is believing Jesus. You can take that down now. And he is believing Jesus when Jesus said the greatest thing that's going to happen to you as a born-again Christian is when you die. When you go to sleep in Jesus. It's going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened to Larry Gray. When God says, I am taking you home now. I'm here for a reason and you're here for a reason. Now get a hold of this is what the Lord is speaking to me. We're here for a reason and the devil wants to put a lot of things in our way. 
to stop us from being who God wants us to be because God wants his life to come through us and to be shown through us to every creature who ever sees us, including even animals. Now, Paul is going to do something. This man is aged, he is old, and he just wants to leave planet Earth. How many of you know the older you get, the more desire you have to leave this Earth? I'm telling you, and listen to me, Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment, we all go to judgment. And what are we going to give when we stand before the Lord on the account of the ministry that he's given us? Now I'm going to start this with this. In, in uh, Philemon, was that okay there, Philemon? All right, Philemon. And, and I want to look at uh, verse uh, uh, 11. I'm going to go back and no, I'm going to go to verse 9. Yet for love's sake, I'd rather beseech thee, being such as one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, here's, here's what Paul's doing. He's saying to Philemon, he's saying, listen, this boy has been saved. He stole from you. He did wrong from you. You are his master. You get the right to say what's going to happen to this guy. But this guy give his heart to the Lord. And now he who was unprofitable for you and for me is now profitable for me. And so he is appealing unto Philemon and saying, I want you to look at me because I'm aged and I'm getting older. And I'm asking you this request as an old man would ask a younger man. Listen to me. We as elders who are getting older, the Bible says that the church ought to respect those who are older. And when it means that, it means in age. Listen to me. We don't have respect anymore. People want authority but don't want to be under authority. It's an amazing thing to me how many people want to be leaders, but yet, look over your shoulder, is anybody following you? That's the sign of a leader. People want authority, but they don't want to be under authority. The problem with the Pharisee was they wanted to be the authority, but they didn't want to come under the authority of Jesus. Yet Jesus, when he walks on this earth, is under the authority of his Father. It's an amazing thing. They don't want that. Paul, listen, Paul is pleading with Philemon on the sake of Onesimus. Verse 11, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee. Verse 16, for not now as a servant, but above a servant. Now he's saved. He said, a brother, especially to me, but how much more to you? both in the flesh and in the Lord. It's an amazing thing. Paul's pleading with Philemon for Onesimus. Let me tell you what Onesimus is. He's a crook. He's a thief. And Philemon has the right to take his life even after he gives his life to Paul. It's an amazing... After he gives his life to the Lord. It's an amazing thing... What Paul is going to say to Philemon, he's going to say, 
He is not a servant anymore. He gives his heart to the Lord, and he's a brother. And as a brother, you have to forgive that debt. But he's saying, that's going to be your choice. You mean amen on that? He's saying, I'm going to plead his case. I'm even going to put a little bit of manipulation in there. And what's that? I'm an old man. Okay, that's a little bit of manipulation there on Paul's part. You can smile at that. He's saying, you know, I'm saying, hey, you guys, listen to me. I'm pleading. I'm an old man. Listen to me. Okay? And so he said, Paul the aged. Then Paul starts to tell uh, Philemon something, which I think is really neat. You know what he says? Don't you know that you owe me? He said, huh? He says, don't you know that you owe me, even yourself? He said, because if it wasn't for me through God, you'd be lost in your sin. And you'd be worse off than your servant. He said, you owe me. You know I can do that to some of you. Don't make me do that. I don't want to do that. But if that's the only trump card I have, I'll play it. It's okay to smile. He's telling him, he's saying this, he said, Philemon, listen to me, when I found you, he said, you were lost in sin, you was dying and you was going to hell, the same as that man was, now God has saved the both of you. Listen to what he's saying to Philemon. He's saying, you want to leave him as a slave, leave him as a slave. Your call. But if you do what I ask you to do, He's saying, I'm asking you to take him as a brother like yourself on the same plane and forgive his debt. Isn't that amazing? Paul said this. He said, but if you will not forgive his debt, verse 19, he said, I, Paul, have written it in my own hand. I will repay it, albeit... I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me, even thine own self. Woohoo! You don't want to forgive the debt? I'll pay it. I'll pay his debt off. But understand this you owe me. I like watching football, college football. <laughs> I'm not paying them guys no more. I'm the boss of the, the, uh, uh, NFL, I'm the boss, and I'm saying, y'all losing your job of the way you are, so I'm not watching you no more, so I'm not giving you no more money. Forget it. And if the rest of you would help me on it, we'd probably see some change. But you're not going to, and that's fine, too. That's fine, too. Now I'm picking on Jeff and Harold and them, and they're going to start throwing tomatoes at me. I know. I understand that. Okay. But hey, hey, listen. Here, here's the deal. He, he said, listen, he said, he's saying, you owe me. And I could collect on the debt. He said, but I'm not going to collect on the debt. He said, you make up your mind. Are you going to forgive him? And are you going to take care of this thing? Because listen, it's important that he be in our body. It's important that he be in our ministry. And by the way, let me tell you something about Onesimus. Man, he rose up to be one great man of God. He rose up to be one great man of God. And, and he said, listen to me, don't you understand what he is in the kingdom? Don't you understand what you are in the kingdom? 
Don't we understand what we are in the kingdom? I like what Richard Call said. He said, if you have aught against your brother, leave it at the altar and go make it right. See, here's what Paul knew. Paul knew Philemon will make it right. He knows in his heart he will make it right. Now, listen, he says, now, I don't want you to treat him as a servant anymore. Now, now it's, it's one thing to say, okay, the debt is not old anymore. But now you're asking me to bring him right into my house. Come on. How many times has somebody offended you and you say, I forgive them, but I'm not forgetting. See, because Paul is saying, like Jesus said, Paul is saying, Philemon, you need to forgive the debt and you need to forget the debt. Because that's what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. He forgave a debt we couldn't pay. And he could have held that against us. But by his grace and by his mercy, he forgave our debt and he took our place on the cross and shed his blood and then holding nothing against us, he brings us into the kingdom of God and calls us children of God. He calls us saints of God. He calls us the bride of Christ. He gives us every title under heaven that is good. Somebody needs to say amen. That's what he does because he wants to see this man fulfill what he wants God to do in his life. Now, Paul is taking a chance here because let me tell you something. There's many Christians that do not forgive people, and it'll come to you in the end. It'll come to you in the end. I love telling the kids in my class, I was born in 1949, and they're going, whoa. <laughs> and I am not going to see them very much longer. I will not to see, get to see them grow up like I've seen the rest of my students grow up. I'm not going to get to live that long to see that. But here's what I think is so neat. One day, they'll be sitting in a classroom if Jesus doesn't come at the age of 72, and they're going to be saying, I was born in 2013, and they're going to go, whoa. Life goes quickly. Leon McMurray was able to forgive the people who had come against him. And there was a peace of God that had settled inside of him. Now listen to what happened to him. Instead of having to be served, he became the epitome of a servant. He became a humble man. And he served people. And everyone who got up to talk about him had talked about how he served people. And those who had none ought against him were not there because there was no way now to change anything in life because he's gone. So the last frame of that funeral was this. He put a guitar, they showed a video of him. We was there. 
And when we go to the dwelling place, they're listening to this, when we go to the dwelling place, it's, it's like a nightclub. I'm sorry, Mark. It's like a nightclub. Lights are down. The young people are up there hitting their guitars, blam, 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 and thinking they're having a good time. You know. I'm going to get in trouble with that one. And so then when they say, okay, pastor, it's your turn, I say, get some light in here. And then I put on my guitar, and I'll sing an old hymn, cowboy style. Well, what happened was Leon plays bass for them, and he can do anything. He's a phenomenal musician. But he strapped an old 12-string guitar on, and the last song he sang, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because... He first loved me. Last song he sang. Now listen to me. He could sing it. He died in peace. And the blessing of God came over him. And he went away to be with the Lord. Onesimus listens to Paul. I mean, Philemon listens to Paul. And he brings Onesimus in as a brother. And Onesimus is forgiven his debt. And watch what happens. Philemon gets to die singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. Because understand something. You will not get to sing that song if everything's not right with God. Everything's not right with God. First thing you have to do, and I'm sure 100% in here, but I'm going to say it anyway. The first thing you have to do is give your life to Jesus Christ. And the second thing you have to do when he brings you into the kingdom of God is recognize the fact that you just went from a slave to a servant. You as a slave of the devil himself and you was brought into the kingdom of God, and you became a servant of mankind. That's why Jesus put the towel on his waist and bent over, and he washed the feet of those disciples because he was the ultimate servant of mankind and went to the cross for a very people who placed him there. The people that placed him there, he said, Listen, I'm going to bring you out of this. And guess what? Not like Paul, but you owe. And you can't pay it, so I'm going to pay it. And it's called, I'm going to have to go to that cross, and I'm going to give my life up for you. I'm going to take sin upon myself that you committed, and I am going to take the robe of humanity which is decaying all around you, and I am going to place both of those on the cross 
I am going to die. I am going to take them to hell where they belong. He said, and on the third day, I'm coming out of there. And when I come out of there, I'm coming out of there victorious. And because I'm coming out of there victorious, you're coming out of there victorious. And you will take my place on earth. And here's what you will do. You will become the ultimate servant of the Almighty God. And if you do that, when you go home to be with Jesus, you'll have a good life and a blessing. Here, I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I mean, yeah, chapter 15. Paul says this to Martha. He says, Martha, everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Listen to why man dies. Man dies because of sin. You're going to die because of sin. If Jesus doesn't come, you're going to, wait a minute, pastor, my sin is forgiven. Yes, your sin is forgiven, but your old man is going to die. This old flesh body is going to die. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. Especially us old people. Man, we got spots we never knew we had. My wife is standing before a mirror. And I'm sitting there in the bed reading the newspaper, minding my own business. Mind my own business. And she says, my hair's getting gray. And I'm getting flabby. And she said, I got age spots. Can you say anything good about me? I said, you got great eyesight. <laughs> Listen to your body. <laughs> like Red Skelton, it's funny, man. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. But, but you're, you're dying, people. We're dying. We're dying. The doctor's going to come in, and he's going to say to us, hey, you know what? It's over. And we're going to get to look at the doctor and say, for you too, buddy. We're all terminal. We're all going to go out of this thing. Some younger than others. But this old flesh man is dying. This way you need to enjoy your children right now. Enjoy them. Enjoy them every day, even when they give you problems. I know you want to hurt them. Don't. I'm looking right at Amanda. Okay. Amanda says, amen. Oh, I mean, amen. Wait, husbands and wives, enjoy each other right now because you have today. Isn't that right, Doris? Amen. I said to Doris one time, I said, Doris, how long have you been with me now? About five or six years? She said, what? I've been with you like 13 years. And I said, you have not. She said, I know when my husband passed away. I said, oh, forgive me. Because you can't start coming here about six months before he passed, right? Yeah. Right. Enjoy life. Enjoy each other. Enjoy living for God. Right? Hey, listen. Forgive one another. Because the Bible says if you want healed, the way you get healed is to forgive the person that has ought against you. Forgive that. I've had many people come against me, especially in ministry, that I've forgiven through the years. And then when, when, when God says, hey, you haven't forgiven this one, I say, okay, I will. I do. Because I want every dark spot inside of me taken away. I said to the Lord coming back, I said, I said to the Lord, really, when I was driving, I was coming back, and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I do want to ask you a question. Why, why did you take that job of the VA away from me? 
Because I really liked it. I said, why'd you take that job? He said, you would have turned into a humanist. I said, whoa, I never saw that before. He said, you would have turned into a secularist. You would have turned into a humanist. I didn't even know I had that in me. And I would have. I said, well, thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. See, we're, we're all passing through. But when, when they plant us, and when the doctor comes in, he says, you know what, Pastor Bill? I really like you, but hey, buddy, you need to get your house in order, man. You're going to die. And he's serious, and you know that. Then is your house in order? His dad goes to pass away, unbeknownst to me. Can I tell you, I've got a little bit of time here, so can I tell you a little bit about what's going on? Uh, Back when, early in this church, there was a, a gentleman that uh, wouldn't go to church, and his wife went to another church, and she said, I want you to go to church. She said, he said, I, I tell you, he said, I'll go to church if you go to Larry Gray's church. She said, okay. So she, she said, okay. So I said, okay, come on. So they came. I really liked this guy. He was a nice guy. And so he, he gave his heart to the Lord, and a year later, made him a deacon. Early, I'm, I'm a young guy. I made him a deacon, man. I'm feeling good. Got me a deacon. All right, got me a deacon. And so I made him a deacon, and uh, he comes up to me, and he says, uh, uh, Larry, he said, well, I'm going to die. So, man, you're just barely 60 years old. He said, I'm not 60. He said, I'm 59. And I said, well, you're not going to die. I mean, he was a picture of health. He had a heart attack and died. 59. So then I give that job to his dad. Remember that? His dad. I said, okay, so I give that job to Jess Grace. And Jess, about 10 days, he said, he come up to me and he said, have I done anything to you that I need to apologize over? And I said, no. He, I made him a deacon. And I, I said, no. Why, Jess? He said, I'm going to pass away. Oh, I said, no, you're not. Yes, he said, I'm going to pass away. Boom, he had a heart attack. And they give me the wrong hospital. Man, I was in the car, I was riding, and they give me the wrong hospital. Time I got to where he was, he had passed away. 59. So then I give the job to another guy named Hubert Davis. I love Hubert Davis. Remember Hubert? Great guy. He was, I give him, he was deacon. Yes, he died at the age of 59. And we couldn't give that job to anybody that was in their 50s. Man, nobody wanted that job. Is that true? All three of those go boom, boom, boom. And nobody wanted that job. Man, you either had to be in your 40s or over 60, but nobody wanted that job in their 50s. Listen, you're going to die. They were young men. You're going to die. Is everything in your life good? Because understand something. Philemon, he does not have to forgive Onesimus. He doesn't have to listen to Paul, and he can make every excuse in the book. You know what? I'm still all right with God. I'm still a Christian, and he might have been. But it faced him, and listen, it's facing you. Now, I'm going to read you some scripture. I want you to put it up there for me if you can. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 55 and 56. And we'll wait for a minute if we have to, because I think it's something that we need to look at. Oh, death. Where is thy sting? O grave, 
Where is thy victory? Come on, put 56 up there. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of the sin of sin is the law. Can you put 57 up there? We'll, we'll wait for him just a minute. She's doing her best. I'll read it to you. Let me, let me go over and read it to you. Because it's good scripture. I like this new stuff. He's up there teaching Deb. And then they're going to try to teach me and it ain't going to work. Huh? Is it up there? But thanks be to God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now listen, Jesus Christ is the last Old Testament man in God to feel the sting of death. He took it. He took the sting of death for you and I. Now, we're going to lay this old life down. And Don, for you and I, it's coming pretty quick. Maybe. Oh, Jesus might come. Well, you'd rather go with Jesus at the rapture? Yeah, well, okay. You think that'd be the best? Yeah. But if he doesn't, I'm ready. If he doesn't, right? You know what the undertaker told me about your mom? I don't know if he ever told you this. He said, when, he said uh, did he tell you about the bruise on her arm and on the side of her face? He said, he said, he said, you see that? He said, we covered it up. That you can see it. And I said, yeah. He said, there's a bruise on the side of her arm and side of her face. And I said, yeah. He said, it's postmortem. I said, what? He said, postmortem. He said, she was just standing there and she just died. He said, when she fell, she never fell thing. He said, that was all postmortem. He said, she was standing there and he said, she just died. I thought... She's standing there, and Jesus Christ walked right in the middle of that place and said, Come on. Is that not amazing? Now, now look what it says here. here and, and I'm going to finish with this. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We'll never feel that sting. Because he took it for us. So when he plants us, that's the ultimate blessing of life. Now here's what I know. I know that if Onesimus gives his heart to the Lord, I know this about Onesimus, and he comes over and works for the kingdom of God, becomes a great man in the apostolic church. But if Philemon had not have forgiven that man. Philemon still might have went to heaven, but he had a hard time when it come to take his last breath. I'm going to ask you this this morning. When death comes your way, because it is coming, it is coming. Understand this, death is coming for each one of us. God is not going to stop that. And I know that you're all saying, man, I hope the rapture takes place. Hey, listen, you don't need to be afraid of death. But I tell you, if your life is not in order with Jesus, you will not want Jesus, you will not want death to come. 
And I think some of the hardest things that ever happen to me as a pastor is when I go to be with Christians that just fight and don't want to die because they know there's things that are out of order in their life. Stand with us this morning. We don't have to preach forever. We just need to preach truth. Now I watch some of you. And I watch body language. I watch everything. I watch the way you look at me. I get to read you. I was listening to a man that has all the answers in the Bible over bot radio. I don't listen to him a lot because I don't know that anybody's really that smart. But I was bored, so I listened to him. And this young man called in, and he said, uh, I curse God, I curse Jesus, and I curse the Holy Spirit, and I think I have blasphemed my day of grace away. And the preacher said, no, you haven't. He said, but you are under great conviction. No, he said, you haven't, because he said, Jesus is not letting you go, but you are under great conviction. God puts us under great conviction, and here's what I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray this church start to go under great conviction. Oh, Pastor Doc, yes, I'm going to pray that. I'm praying that every one of us start to come under great conviction so that the revival's just not something we're talking about. It's something that God is doing. How do I treat my sister? How do I treat my brother? How do I treat different people in my life? How do I treat my family? How do I do those things? Leon's oldest daughter, who was estranged from him, and she, she finally made it right with him on his deathbed. But I guarantee you right now, she's wishing she had made it right with him a whole lot sooner than that. Because he was a good dad. He was a good father. I'm telling you right now, leave your gift at the altar. Let the conviction of the Almighty bring you into truth as you've never known it before. Here's what he said. He said, Philemon, Harold, you, you, you endorse, you guys want to come up here? He said, Philemon. He said, Onesimus was. How many of you got that? Onesimus was a thief. And here's what it was. He probably spent everything that he stole from you and he's not going to be able to repay you. But if you won't forgive his debt, I'll repay it. I'll pay the debt. I'll do it. Put it on mine account, the New Testament says. Put it on mine account, and I'll pay it for you. But release that man. Release people. Release some people. I'm talking to the whole church. I'm not just talking to one. I'm talking to Larry Gray. Release it. Listen to me. Gossip destroys like you can't believe. Don't do it. If you are, if you do it, Paul calls you a busybody. Quit it. Because it's a cancer that will meet you one day at the time you don't want it to meet you. 
being bitter. Release that bitterness. Give it to the Lord because listen to me. It'll meet you when you don't want it to meet you. You can do something about it today. Want to be healed in your mind? Grace will heal everything about you. Grace. I'm forgiven. Praise God, I'm forgiven. And that heals me in my body, in my soul, and in my spirit. There's a scripture verse. And this scripture verse is never going to change. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still can save you while you're on this side. 